1: Hi, everybody. It's Tim Krass on the Time Out for Mental Health podcast. Let's take a time out for mental health. Here's where we speak to sports figures, mental health experts, and thought leaders about their work and personal experiences as it relates to mental health issues associated with depression, masculinity, and suicide. These sensitive topics are often swept under the rug. As detailed in my upcoming book, You Don't Have to Swallow Your Gun a book about relationships, depression, suicide, and how toxic masculinity affects relationships between men and women. Getting a handle on a man's masculinity will improve relationships both personally and in the workplace. Everyone needs some support to ask for help when they feel off or a bit disoriented. It's okay to ask for help if or when behaviors can turn dangerous, including alcoholism, drug and pill addiction, anger, fighting, violence, and in some cases death by suicide. On Time Out for Mental Health, we want to uncover these issues so men and women can live a happy and healthy life, even if they do suffer from mental health issues. Time Out for Mental Health is where we speak to sports figures, mental health experts, thought leaders. About their personal experiences as it relates to mental health issues associated with relationships, depression, masculinity, and suicide. Okay, our guest today is Cindy Shaw. Cindy's the founder of the Better Brain Academy. As a brain health coach and mental performance trainer, she helps people improve their lives by blending leading edge neuroscience, brain health, and self-improvement strategies that help individuals naturally overcome mental health disorders, supercharge their energy and focus, and optimize their well-being. We're honored that Cindy has shared some of her time with us today. Cindy, how's it going today? I'm good.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be with you
1: today and your guests. Well, we're honored to have you. Cindy, your work is unique and very important but I want our listeners to fully understand what you do and why it makes a difference to that average person can you explain that?
2: Sure, so I actually have had a lot of mental health struggles myself and it wasn't until I started to learn about the brain that it gave me a new framework to work with myself and so I really combined brain health, with mindset, with what's going on in your body, and also with yourself, your spirit. So, you know, mind, body, brain, spirit is kind of the framework that I work within. But the reason that I focus on the brain is that, you know, we often don't think of our brain. And our brain and our mind are actually two different things. And what I love to do is to explain to people how they're different. And so your brain is like a supercomputer. It's the hard drive of a computer. And when it's not optimized and it's not functioning at its best, you know, we lack energy. You know, just like a computer. When you first got your brand-new computer, it started up fast, programs loaded quickly, the battery life lasted forever. But as time went by and it got loaded down with programs and videos and you know, documents, it became slower, it didn't function as well, and it took longer to get what you wanted done. So it wasn't optimized and it wasn't working optimally. And our brain is no different. And our software is actually our mindset, which is really the accumulation of our experiences, our beliefs, and our perceptions. And so for me, I actually taught mindset for years to people. And when I struggled with my own own mental health issues, and we can get into with my daughter as well, everything that I had known from a mindset perspective was not helping me. It actually just made me feel worse that somehow I was failing and I was a fraud because I knew all of these things and I had all of these tools in my toolbox and nothing was working. And it wasn't until I started to learn about the brain and how our brain functions and how our brain is really the core of who we are and that it needs to be balanced in certain ways that it can help you then overcome a lot of those mental health struggles that a lot of us suffer from. So that's what I love to teach people about is how our brain is the core of who we are and that when we have it balanced, and it's functioning optimally, we have more energy, we have more focus, we have more emotional resilience. We can better overcome those challenges that we face in life.
1: I think that's really important. I mean, this is a new way to look at, at the mind and the brain for me personally. Um, i, I, I got to ask you, how, how do you, so how do you do that?
2: Well, <laughs> you know what? There are so many, and I don't want to overwhelm anyone, but you know what? There's so many things within our control, and what science has actually, you know, discovered in the last five, ten years is this intimate connection between our gut, so our body, and our brain. And our gut and our gastrointestinal system actually creates a great deal, up to 90% of our serotonin. Now, serotonin is that neurotransmitter or hormone that, you know, is responsible for our sleep, our appetite, our sex drive, and for us to feel good. It's our happiness hormone. And so when our gut is not healthy, and I can get into reasons why it's not, um, it affects the amount of serotonin our body makes. And so that is going to affect our meat in great ways. So our diet plays actually a huge role in our mental health and our mental well-being. And a lot of people don't realize that food is attributed to your mood. So being conscious of and really making sure that you're eating the right foods that are going to help with beneficial bacteria in your gut There's a lot of talk now that, you know, you can even see commercials all the time on TV for probiotics. Hmm. Well, what probiotics are, are these, they help feed the healthy bacteria or beneficial bacteria that we have in our gut. And the more beneficial bacteria you have, it crowds out that harmful bacteria, because that harmful bacteria causes inflammation in our body Hmm. and anxiety, depression, Um, ADHD, schizophrenia, bipolar, all of that is related to inflammation that happens in our body, in our brain. So if we can naturally calm that inflammation down simply by changing our diet, that can have a huge impact on our mood. So that's one of the places that I love to start is really working with people to understand how food is impacting their mood. And so that's one simple thing that people can start to look at to really change how they are are functioning and how they are feeling.
1: That's great. That's really a a great way to put exactly what you're doing to frame it. So, Cindy...
2: Sorry, I was just going to say, and food is just one aspect um, of brain health because there's also stress management, Mm. there's also sleep, there's knowing your numbers, your hormones are all balanced, because if you have a hormone imbalance, it can cause depression, if you have low vitamin D, it can cause depression, Um, and really, you know, getting exercise to increase blood flow to your brain so that you are cleaning out the toxins as well as having really healthy, supportive loving relationships. It's key to being mentally strong and fit and well.
1: Well let me ask you, what, what was the spark that started you down this path? What what drives you to a high excellence in this area?
2: Well like I said, I taught mindset for five years and I had, you know, studied that topic for ten years previous to that. And so I I I've got the mindset component. i got how my thinking can affect how I feel. But then I started to suffer from, like, debilitating brain fog. I was in my late 30s, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I have early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. I couldn't remember at lunchtime what I had for breakfast or if I even, even had breakfast. And I joke and I say, you know what, I'm sure my husband loved those years because I never remembered anything that he did that pissed me off. So. Um,
1: <laughs> That's odd.
2: Yeah, but you know, at that same time, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety, and I'd never experienced anxiety before. I had struggled with depression. Um, I live in Canada, and we get cold winters sometimes and dark winters. I live in a valley and I had struggled with seasonal affective disorder for years and years and years. Um, but as I, I, and I was able to get that under control using antidepressants. But the brain fog and the anxiety were something I'd never had before. And at the same time, my daughter was going to be going into high school and I, Honestly, Tim, I was so worried for her. I thought, this kid is going to commit suicide. Uh. Because the amount of stress and pressure she put on herself to perform, and she struggled in school. So what would take, you know, an average kid 15 minutes to complete for homework would take her three hours. Uh. And then she would get negative. She'd be on this negative thinking loop. I'm stupid. I can't do this. I'm never going to succeed in life. Now, this is not a kid who was ever raised in an environment where she was ever told that kind of stuff. I mean, I, my husband and I were supportive, loving, and we under, we understand mindset concepts. I'm like, where is this coming from? And why using all the tools that I have in my toolbox to get her to change her thinking she can't? And that's when I started to learn about the brain. And in her case, she had a specific part of her brain called the anterior cingulate gyrus that was overactive. So it would cause her to get stuck on a thought, and it would just loop over and over and over again. So people who suffer from, you know, OCD or eating disorders or um, are argumentative and oppositional or can't get their thinking off a certain train of thought, often their anterior singlet gyrus is just overactive. And so when I started learning about the brain, I started learning about all these different emotional centers in our brain that, when they are balanced, help us feel better. And it also explained to me why, how you experience depression and I experience depression to be two different ways. Like, you can have very different symptoms than I have and how someone experiences anxiety um, could be different than how I experience anxiety. And it comes down really to these five centers of the brain that if one area is either overactive or underactive, it affects how you think, feel, act, and interact with other people. So in my course, what I start with is creating that solid foundation of let's get your brain balanced So then you have the emotional and mental resources to start working on those thoughts, those beliefs, those perceptions. And then once we start working on that, we can start retraining the brain to start thinking in new ways and creating new neural pathways. So this is why I love brain health and brain science and neuroscience, because it's understanding how our brain impacts our our mind, our body, and our sense of self.
1: That's fascinating. I really got to tell you. That, that's great work. Well, one of my... Then, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, and I was going to say, I always forget because I always leave out part of my story, which was I was able to help my daughter uh, and myself. I got my brain back, and I was able to help my daughter Um overcome those struggles that she was facing, and she had the best high school experience ever. She graduated with honors, and this was a kid who was struggling and had such bad anxiety, and, you know, she literally did a 180. Mm. Once we got her brain balanced, she became a different person, as did I.
1: What a great story. That's great. Well, one of my big talking points is letting people know that it's okay to ask for help. And obviously during your experiences, your feelings and emotions were deeply affected. And I'm curious as to how you dealt with that. Did you ever ask for help with that? Um, were you, uh, did you have any fears about asking help? Well, what did that look like?
2: Well, I think early on when I first started experiencing seasonal affective disorder, I had no idea what it was. It wasn't until years later I was talking with some peasants and they're like, oh yeah, we get that too. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, well, that would have been handy to know. <laughs> and so when I was going through my deep periods of brain fog and anxiety, I actually worked with a natural path. and what was interesting was we did some testing. And it came back, and based on my genetics, like, I just kind of got dealt a crappy hat when it comes to genetics. Like, on my dad's side of the family, I had an aunt that committed suicide. I have an aunt that had schizophrenia. On my mom's side, there is a lot of abuse and Hmm. trauma and a lot of depression. And so, genetically, I didn't get the greatest, you know, mix of... um, Genetics there, but genetics isn't everything. So I don't want people to think that my depression is because of just genetics. It's actually things that can trigger those genes. And in my case, it was I had a lot of stress at the time in my life. I was concerned about my daughter. My husband was starting a business. You know, finances. And so, you know, I, I sought out a natural path. I sought out. Meditation to help get my stress down. I thought out learning how to deal with my brain and to think of my brain in a new way. And over the years, I've also thought out different forms of therapy. I have seen people who do a specific body therapy called body talk, which releases deep um, emotions stored in your body because our brain, mind, body, and our our spirit, I believe, are all interconnected. So. Body Talk has been a great release for me, as is EMDR, which is emotional or eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is great for dealing with past traumas or things that, you know, emotionally are stuck within you that just are not getting released. So it's a form of therapy that I have found to be incredibly beneficial, and it's very beneficial for people who have experienced trauma or PTSD um, and want to be free of that for good.
1: That's great. So let me, you mentioned your father. How would you characterize him as a man? Was he tough on you? Did he ever show you love, discuss emotions and feelings?
2: Well, he definitely did not discuss emotions and feelings. <laughs> My dad, you know, was the typical provider. He had his own business. He worked hard. He wanted to give us a better life than he ever had. I suspect that he was abused as a child. My dad never touched us. He never spanked us, never disciplined us like that. Um, and that, he didn't want anything to do with. He was very, the way he showed love was by making time for myself and my sister. So, you know, when he would be in the garage working in the evening, I could go in and be like, hey, do you want to throw the ball around? Do you want to play basketball? And he always came to every baseball game I had. He always made time to play with me, to support me in that way. Now, I also understand in doing my own personal development work and and deep dive into myself was a lot of my limiting beliefs about myself came from him and it was really because he didn't know better and it was really his own insecurity so I remember like in grade three I came home with my exam and I got 90% and rather than saying hey great job kiddo he said where's the other 10%
1: (laughs) I can relate
2: yeah, and honestly, that affected me so deeply. Mm. I remember from that point on, like, I honestly think I had an ulcer as a child Ugh. because then I felt I had to be a perfectionist. And so this is how those early childhood experiences that we have really can shape us. Now, that is not a traumatic one compared to what some people experience, but those types of experiences, because our little brains can't, say, you know, past the age of eight, we kind of start developing this ability of going, yeah, whatever. But when you're small and young, those messages get ingrained into your subconscious mind. And those beliefs or limiting ideas can affect you the rest of your life. And until you, you know, take a look at it and reframe it, reframe those thoughts and beliefs, those can, you know... Carry with them a lasting impact that you need to, in my belief, if you want to change in life, you need to become aware and conscious of yep. what you're thinking, feeling, acting, and doing, and how that relates to where did this come from? Right. And so I was able to re- reframe that limiting belief of I'm not good enough to. You know what? My dad was just doing the best he could. He didn't feel like he was good enough. And so he was just, he was trying to motivate me, Uh truly. But he just didn't know how to do it in a way that truly would inspire me. He was doing it more through fear. And that was how he was raised.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: If you're enjoying this radio show with Tim Krass and you want more, then check out his website at Timcrass.com. You'll get all the details of the cautionary tale that Tim experienced that led to this radio show and his new upcoming book, You Don't Have to Swallow Your Gun. When you're on the website, you can contact Tim and schedule him as your keynote speaker for your next event. Visit his website now, timkrass.com. That's tim, k r a s dot com, if you've been wondering what masculinity is and isn't, then you can stop looking. Tim Krass has lived the life and knows the answer, and he wants to share it with you at your next function, event, or group. Imagine topics like get your checkup from the neck up, or toxic waste or toxic thoughts are hurting your productivity. Two wild and impactful titles that can be heard at your event by masculinity empowerment speaker, Tim Krass. Visit his website, timcrass.com That's Tim, K-R-A-S-S-S. Com. TimKrass.com. Shh, over here.
1: Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET, they've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit healthylife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. See
0: straight and save. These days, everyone seems to see things differently, but from your eyes, you can see straight and save. Right now, get glasses online at 70% off at Glasses USA. There's a 100% guarantee too on top brand men, women, multifocal, and even prescription sunglasses. Visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Glasses USA, and you will see straight and save. Remember, get positive emotions at www.HealthyLife.net.
1: So let me ask you about your father again. Um, Did it ever occur to you that yesterday's and today's masculinity norms, uh, the egotistical macho man, the good old boy network, the John Wayne, Clint Eastwood type, that that may have prevented your father from talking about some feelings and emotions or asking, asking help for himself sooner for... Fear that he might be labeled not a real man.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think that, like, my dad's seventy-seven, and I think his generation—you just didn't talk. You didn't talk about feelings. You didn't talk about emotions. You were not outwardly affectionate um, because it didn't make you strong. And so I know my dad has also dealt with depression. He lost a lot of money in the stock market, and uh, at one point, and. It really affected his self-esteem and his self-worth. And his role of who he thought he was, you know, honestly, the only reason he did great in the stock market, it was just because everything was booming. And then when the tech, you know, industry collapsed, everything busted. And it wasn't because he was special that he did so well or that he had some great strategy. It was just a matter of timing. But... It bolstered his self-esteem That look at me Look at how much money I've made Look at how great I am Because I think my dad grew up poor But again, I don't know Because my dad never Has ever talked about his childhood hmm. And anytime, you know We would breach the subject Or broach the subject He, would, he wouldn't even entertain it wow. So I think he grew up My assumption is that he grew up poor And he did rather well for himself At least in his mind and so for him, when he was no longer the, you know, rich guy, it it destroyed him. And I know it took a lot for him. It, he had to grapple with that a lot. And he didn't ask for help. You know, he just started to drink. Mm. He, and the weird thing is, my dad's a happy drunk.
1: <sighs> um,
2: he actually becomes a nicer person. <laughs> Um, which is not usually the case for most people. Right. Uh, you know, I would definitely say he's got a drinking problem now. Mm. Um, and that was his way of dealing with his emotions. So rather than doing that deep dive and and looking at himself and becoming better, he's actually just become bitter. You know, there's always a choice. Do you want to be better or do you want to be bitter? And and he unfortunately
1: chose bitter. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good point that I speak to in in everything that I do about that if mental health issues, whether they're it's depression, um, anything else related to mental health, if it if it goes unchecked, then. It can turn into risky behavior, such as alcoholism or drug addiction, pill addiction, ste- mm-hmm. stealing, fighting others, violence, etc. Um, did you ever display any risky behavior as a child growing up?
2: You know what? I didn't. My mental health issues, I think, started a biological, um, had some biological, like I said, some genes there. But... But really, um, what it started for me was when I was 22, I had a water skiing accident, mm. and I hit the water really hard, so much so that it blew my life jacket off, wow. and I bruised the side of my face really bad. When I reflect back on that period, that is when I started to experience bad depression. Mm. Um and so what a lot of people don't realize is that when we hurt our brain, our brain is, you know, this soft, it's like the same texture as, like, tofu mm-hmm. or a soft butter that's encased in this hard skull. And little bumps and big bumps can bruise our brain. And when you have a bruised brain or, like, even a major concussion, what that does is it can affect the neurotransmitters and, and how your brain functions. And so for a lot of people, having a head injury can really then affect them. And there's a specific part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, which is at the front of our brain, which is really the CEO of our brain. It It is responsible for making good decisions, for our judgment, for putting the brakes on our behavior. And this is why kids do stupid things. Like I will often say to my one daughter, like, why did you do that? And she'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> and the truth is, it's because her prefrontal cortex hasn't fully developed. And it doesn't develop, you know, until age 25. And there's some studies now saying 28 in boys. Mm. And that is the part that puts the brakes on our behavior. But it's also the part of our brain that most often gets damaged and hit. So if you're a kid playing sports, you know, hockey, football, even soccer, hitting the ball, Um, any of these sports that bang the head can result in long-term mental health issues, and that's why I warn people that, you know, please do not put your kids in these sports. I know they may want to play them, and you think it's a great team sport, and it's great for them physically, however, it can cause them a lifetime of issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I hate to see what's going on in, in sports today at a young level or at the professional or collegiate level. It's, you know, I, it's
2: saddening.
1: there's, there's a guy, uh, I just saw on, uh, ESPN. They did a story about a guy named Drew, Drew Robinson and he was a professional baseball player. And he got into, you know, some depression. And one day he went home and he took a gun and shot himself in the head. But Mm. it didn't, it didn't kill him, you know, it kind of grazed his head. And he had a split second decision to make as to whether he was going to Finished the job that he was intending to do or if he wanted to decide to live. And he decided that he wanted to live. Yeah. And it showed how he has progressed. He, he's lost one eye, but it showed how he has progressed to the point where he is now um, playing Baseball in the minor leagues for the San Francisco Giants and he's hit a home run he's made you know numerous defensive great plays all of this with one eye and wow. and uh, overcoming the issue that 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 initiated this behavior and uh, it just they, they showed him and asked him you know how he maintains these days and you know he talks about the fact that he he still gets angry you know when he doesn't uh when he strikes out or he makes an error on 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 the field but you know he doesn't he doesn't kind of dwell on it and he just kind of notices it and lets it go and realizes that it's part of the process. So it's a phenomenon
2: our brain our brain and our mind and our body are all connected because you know, depression is often related to having low dopamine. Yeah. And dopamine is that feel good right. pleasure reward neurochemical. And, you know, if we have emotional trauma from our early childhood or that we've experienced back control all of our neurotransmitters off. Yeah. And it can affect our sense of self. And if we have a negative mindset and we view everything through a lens of, of negativity, all of these things are interconnected that create this, that weave together this story of our life. Yeah. But at any time, we can change the patchwork. We can, know, we can knit a new quote for ourselves, just as this
1: guy
2: did. Unfortunately, he went and had this incredibly negative experience, but it obviously has taken him to a new place, and he's created a new story for himself.
1: All right, we're going to take one more quick break, and we'll be back right after this.
0: If you've been wondering what masculinity is and isn't, then you can stop looking. Tim Krass has lived the life and knows the answer, and he wants to share it with you at your next function, event, or group. Imagine topics like get your checkup from the neck up, or toxic waste or toxic thoughts are hurting your productivity. Two wild and impactful titles that can be heard at your event by masculinity empowerment speaker Tim Krass. Visit his website, Timcrass.com. That's Tim, K-R-A-S-S dot com, dot com. Constant Contact and your small business make a perfect fit for marketing. They give you what you need to succeed. Fast and easy email marketing at your fingertips. Visit the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on Constant Contact to start your marketing. If you're enjoying this radio show with Tim Crass and you want more, then check out his website at timcrass.com. You'll get all the details of the cautionary tale that Tim experienced that led to this radio show and his new upcoming book, You Don't Have to Swallow Your Gun. When you're on the website, you can contact Tim and schedule him as your keynote speaker for your next event. Visit his website now, Timcrass.com. That's Tim K-R-A-S-S dot com Timcrass.com.
1: Vistaprint.
0: I'm sure you've heard the name. Over 17 million small businesses and consumers have used Vistaprint for printed products, ranging from business cards and brochures to invitations and thank you cards. Why? Because Vistaprint has the lowest price guarantee, and you can design your products with templates or upload your design. And they have free products. Three-day rush service and satisfaction is always guaranteed. Try Vistaprint. Just go to the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on the Vistaprint logo. Expanding your mind. HealthyLife.net.
1: Okay, we're back, and I want to talk about uh, the role of abuse in mental health and and the brain. Um, Personally, I was abused and, and later found out that that was at the root of my severe depressive disorder that's reoccurring, as well as my addictions that I've overcome, thank God, with the help of qualified doctors. But I wanted to find out from you what you think, how the role of abuse uh, fits into everything we're talking about here. Sure. So
2: there is a great book I highly recommend. It just came out. Uh, by Oprah and Dr. Bruce Perry, and it's called What Happened to You? And I recommend everyone who has had trauma to go and get that book. Um, so the reason I love this book is because it explains what goes on in your brain. And there's been numerous studies done, um, and there's one specifically called Adverse Childhood Experiences. And they found that the more adverse experience you had in childhood the more likely you are going to have addiction issues and mental health issues as you get older. Mm -hmm. So an adverse experience could be growing up with a a parent who has drug addiction issues, uh, a close death in your family, your parents being divorced, uh, someone suffering from mental health disorder in your family, um, living in a bad neighborhood. So, you know, neglect and abuse, social or sorry, uh sexual, physical abuse. So all of these things, the more that you had and that you experienced as a child, it actually sets your brain up to be on this mode of always being over-tensed. I guess a good word is it's always on alert. And so every time you experience an adverse experience, In childhood, what it does is it fires a part of your brain called your amygdala. And your amygdala is your fight, flight, or freeze mode. Now, when you're a child and a small one, oftentimes you can't fight back. You can't run away. And so sometimes children end up freezing. And in order to, you know, work through that abuse or to experience it, they disassociate. But what happens in your brain is that fear and that situation gets programmed into your brain. So it's on a subconscious level that you may not even realize. So as you grow up, and if you haven't had therapy, if you haven't gotten out of that situation, and the more that you have these adverse experiences, the more that they get, they hardwire this amygdala response in your brain to always be on high alert. So... What ends up happening is throughout life, little cues can throw you off balance. It could be the way, you know, your boss is talking to you and looks at you a certain way, but your brain registers, oh, that's the way that my father would look at me right before he would, mm. you know, trap me.
1: Right.
2: And so your brain goes into this mode of I need to fight my way out of this. I need to flee or you will just freeze again. So, what it does is it can set you up for a lifetime of challenges. And, you know, we look at people and we think, geez, what is wrong with them? Like, why do they do what they do? And the truth is, I love the name of that book by Dr. Perry and Oprah. It's like, what happened to you? So, what happened to you as a child? What has happened to you throughout your life that has caused these behaviors? Because... We are, as you know, society, we're incredibly judgmental towards people who live on the street or have addiction issues or have mental health issues. And we think, oh, gee, there's something wrong with them. Like, just get your stuff together. Can't you just stop taking these drugs? Can't you stop drinking? Can't you stop whatever? But what's happened is the brain has been hardwired in such a way that their behavior is a reaction an automatic reaction to what has happened to them. And when you start to understand what's happened to you and you start to heal that on that journey of wellness, that's when you can become more conscious of your reaction and you can change how you react and you can literally rewire your brain. You can cause that energy from flowing to your amygdala, which is your fight-flight freeze center and have it pull back to your prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of your brain, that CEO, that boss that puts the brakes on your behavior, that thinks through your decisions, that helps you make good judgment calls. So that is, unfortunately, what happens to our brain when we are abused. And people go to drugs and make bad choices in life as a way to try to calm their brain to find that balance and so when you have you know for me it was reframing that experience and the more that I learned about the brain the more empathy I had for people and I was I became far less judgmental about you know what's wrong with you to you know let me ask you what's happened what happened to you to make you this way and in understanding that it's given me far more empathy towards people and wanting to help people understand their brain in a new way.
1: That's a great, uh, that's a great explanation that you just laid out because empathy is, it's really an important, uh, issue. And I know for me, uh, trying to not be judgmental is, it, it's a struggle. And, um, you know, I have to catch myself making judgments because I know that it's not healthy for me, it's not healthy for the other person. So right. it's it's a tough thing to, to deal with. Um, all right, I just want to wrap up with a couple questions. Um, I want to ask you what you've learned from all of these experiences so far that you've been involved in.
2: Great question. Well, I've learned that, most importantly, our brains can change, that we're not stuck with the brain that we have, that there's so much within our own control that we can influence, and that our brain, our mind, our body, and our spirit, like I said, are all interconnected. And it doesn't have to be the scary, overwhelming journey of healing. It's one step at a time. I mean, everything, you know, if you're running a marathon, you don't just train one day and know that you're going to be able to run those 26 miles. It's a journey. You start off with one mile, then you maybe increase to two miles, and you work your way up to getting to that final goal. And that's what life is. It's it's this journey. And the more that we have self-compassion, the more that we're willing to work on ourselves, to own our own crap. It's not about other people. It's about, you know, I always ask myself, what can I learn from this? It's not about what someone did to me or what went wrong. It's about reframing the experience and thinking of it in a different way so that I can take a lesson away from it so that I can grow and be better. I don't want to be bitter. I want to be better every day because when I'm better, then I can inspire other people to be better too. And when I'm honest about my journey and my struggles that I've had, that inspires others that they're not alone, that they too can heal, that they too can get better and that you are not stuck with the life that you have. You're not stuck with the brain you have. You're not stuck with the mindset and beliefs that you have. And you're definitely not that with your past. Your past does not have to define your future.
1: Awesome. All right, I got one last question, but we're going to take a one quick last break before that. We'll be right back.
0: If you've been wondering what masculinity is and isn't, then you can stop looking. Tim Krass has lived the life and knows the answer, and he wants to share it with you at your next function, event, or group. Imagine topics like get your checkup from the neck up, or toxic waste or toxic thoughts are hurting your productivity. Two wild and impactful titles that can be heard at your event by masculinity empowerment speaker Tim Krass. Visit his website, timkrass.com. That's Tim, k r a s dot com
2: and there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com.
0: If you're enjoying this radio show with Tim Crass and you want more, then check out his website at TimCrass.com. You'll get all the details of the cautionary tale that Tim experienced that led to this radio show and his new upcoming book, You Don't Have to Swallow Your Gun. When you're on the website, you can contact Tim and schedule him as your keynote speaker for your next event. Visit his website now, Timcrass.com. That's Tim, K-R-A-S-S dot com, TimKrass dot com. You're listening to CHSR, Real Radio on the Web.
1: All right, we're back. And this is my last question that I ask everybody. I I want to find out personally, how do you describe masculinity?
2: Well, I don't think of masculinity or femininity in terms of gender or sex. I think of it more in terms of the energy. So masculine energy for me is that energy of doing, of accomplishing, of getting out there and getting stuff done. And feminine energy is more the nurturing, the allowing, the being. So masculine is doing, feminine is being. Where it can get out of balance is when masculine energy can become toxic, it can show up as aggression, as Uh, controlling, as ego-driven. And when the feminine energy is out of balance, it can show up as neediness and um, inability to take action and wanting to control. So I think of masculinity more as an energy that both men and women embody. And the goal is really to have those two energies in balance.
1: Yeah, that's... uh... I interviewed a psychologist a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about um, integrated masculinity, which is what you're talking about, the right. the balance of the masculine and feminine.
2: Absolutely, because we need to be, you know, we're human beings, but we also need to do And so it's the balance of those two that I feel that when they are in balance, that's when we can truly thrive
1: in life. Right. Let me uh, share with you how I look at it. Uh, I really like how how you look at it. Um, But let me, I have some thoughts on it as well. And there's three issues that uh, I think a man has to master to be on the right path to masculinity. Number one, he has to show strength. And that doesn't mean just lifting a piano down the stairs or refrigerator, but he has to be strong in the context of knowing that he has to have a certain conversation with his wife or daughter or supervisor or employee at work, knowing that the truth needs to be talked about and discussed, even though it might not be received real well, and it's going to be tough for that person to swallow. But he, he knows that he's got to he's got to make that happen. That's one phase, and then the other phase is uh, a man has to have a sense of humor. Um, he's got to lighten up and realize that life is to be enjoyed and. Not everything should be taken so seriously, and the third thing is spirituality, and that I believe a man needs to uh, have some form of spirituality that he can connect with, and it's his choice. There's many flavors out there, like Baskin and Robbins ice cream, and he can connect into that any way he can, any, any way he wants to. But it's it has to be there as a kind of a grounding. Mechanism to keep him in the right space. And if a man has those three, then I think he's, he's a good, he's in a good space towards acting in a masculine way. Agreed. Well,
2: uh,
1: as you can see, Cindy's story is quite remarkable. She's demonstrated courage, bravery, and giving to her community, a true role model for our world today. We're honored to have you on our podcast today, Cindy. Do you have any final thoughts?
2: Well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me be on this. And, you know, I guess my final thought is that each of us is on a journey. And the more that we work on ourselves and the more that we care for ourselves and the more empathy we have for ourselves and others, the better we can be.
1: Yep, you're absolutely right. Well, I look forward to continuing our dialogue uh, moving forward so I can learn from you and I can help others. So thanks again, Cindy.
2: Thank you, Tim.
1: Listeners, please look out for our podcast, Time Out for Mental Health, wherever you get your podcasts, including the Mental Health News Radio Network and net. And keep your eyes out for my upcoming book, You Don't Have to Swallow Your Gun, a book about relationships, depression, suicide, and how toxic masculinity affects relationships between men and women. Please contact me for personal speaking and coaching engagements through my website, timcrass.com. And one more reminder that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Time Out for Mental Health listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash timeout for mental health. That's Better, H-E-L-P as in Paul, dot com slash timeout for mental health. And don't forget to have fun, everybody. That's a wrap.
0: If you're enjoying this radio show with Tim Crass and you want more, then check out his website at Timcrass.com. You'll get all the details of the cautionary tale that Tim experienced that led to this radio show and his new upcoming book, You Don't Have to Swallow Your Gun. When you're on the website, you can contact Tim and schedule him as your keynote speaker for your next event. Visit his website now, Timcrass.com. That's tim, K-R-A-S-S dot com,
2: with so many wonderful authors appearing as guests on HealthyLife.net, you can easily support their work by browsing the Barnes & Noble link on our advertiser page. Browse for books or even an ebook, DVDs, movies, music, games, gift cards, and more. Find the Barnes & Noble link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page.
0: If you've been wondering what masculinity is and isn't, then you can stop looking. Tim Krass has lived the life and knows the answer, and he wants to share it with you at your next function, event, or group. Imagine topics like get your check up from the neck up, or toxic waste or toxic thoughts are hurting your productivity. Two wild and impactful titles that can be heard at your event by masculinity empowerment speaker, Tim Krass. Visit his website, timkrass.com. That's Tim, K-R-A-S-S dot com, TimKrass dot com. Everybody <laughs> Dwayne Johnson here. The earthquakes you see in movies are one thing, but real life is a completely different animal. Just because you can't predict an earthquake doesn't mean that you can't prepare for one. In the event of a real earthquake, you should drop, cover, and hold off. Visit ready.gov slash earthquake and practice what to do to keep you and your family safe in the event of a real earthquake, and you'll be seen as a hero by your family and your loved ones. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Radio your way.
1: Healthylife.net.